say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh man, I know all of you are out there right now and you're kind of going, I am in a job that quite honestly, I'm not sure I want to stay in. Does Jay, let me just say this to you. I'm in a job and quite frankly, it sucks. I don't like it. I can't get out of it. I feel stuck. I feel like... I feel like I, you know, I, I'm, the money's good, but I, I, I don't like the people I work with. I, I feel like we moved way beyond it. I wanted to move up. Somebody took my position. They took it away from me, and I'm discouraged, and I'm angry, and I don't know. And I feel like I'm helpless and hopeless. I have no answers. That's why you come to this show, because you know why? I find people who have those answers. And guess what I did today? I found her. Terry Boyle McDougal, she wrote it. It's called Winning the Game at Work. She is going to help you. Yeah, 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 no, 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 she is. Get out your note. Get out your pads, okay? Get get yourself a pen. Feel free to ask questions while we're live, right? Because you know what? Here's a secondary title. Let me read this. Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. Ding, 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 ding. Does that ring a bell for you? Does that help you somewhat? I think it does, doesn't it? Well, we're going to talk to her. She's going to be outstanding. But before we get to her, you know what we do every week, right? We'll walk you through the four areas of your life. We are four-part people. We are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people, right? And we work on our training every week on the show. I, I ask you to evaluate yourself on a scale of one to 10 when it comes to your training in these four areas. One being, ugh. My training could not be any worse. And then 10 being, oh man, my training is awesome. All right, so in the area of physical, for instance, so we evaluate yourself on you know, getting enough exercise, eating right, um, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. By the way, it's kind of interesting that Terry talks about those are kind of some self-care things that you probably should be thinking about doing You know, when it comes to winning the game at work. So anyway, so all right, so when you put yourself and you start evaluating yourself, scale of one to 10, five being average, how would you say you're doing out there, all right? All right, that's your first number. Second number, all right, is your intellectual or mental number, right? Truth is, if you think that sitting on a couch and letting information coming at you is learning, sadly, you would be wrong. Uh, what You want to be an active participant in your intellectual growth. And by the way, you know, as a psychological professional, right, we have two halves of the brain, right? Half is creative, you know, left half is logical. We should be working both halves. By the way, great way to do that. Read a book. I don't know. It's just an idea. But, you know, taking up an instrument, learning a foreign language, all of those things, you know, just active, being an active participant in your learning. By the way, interesting only enough, Terry talks about the importance of being a learner Right? Matter of fact, she's even got a study from University of Iowa. Yeah, the Hawkeyes. She's got a study in there from 2015 about, you know what? You think an old dog can't learn new tricks? Think again, because she's got the answer in there too. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing in your intellectual growth? Right? That's your second number. By the way, whatever the number is, don't, don't, don't go, oh, I'm a miserable failure. Right? Don't go into that mindset. Right, because that's a dark hole, and your gremlins are going to show up. Oh, yeah, she says something about gremlins too in her book too. I forgot to say that. <laughs> anyway, so you don't want to go down that dark hole, all right? Because the truth is, whatever the number is, the number is. But but that's a place we can start, so we can correct ourselves. Okay, 
All right, third number is the emotional number. And how we evaluate ourselves emotionally is like this. We look at two areas. One is how well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? So funny that I say that because (laughs) Terry talks about you're able to control your emotions just like I've been saying on the show. Because you know you have control of them. So how well are you able to control yours under stress and pressure? Right? Secondly, how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? That was a little harder, isn't it? Especially if the other is a boss like Shelly, who's really, (laughs) really angry. (laughs) And she's laughing because she knows I read that part of the book too. (laughs) Right? But if you have a boss who's like, you know, like flies off the handle, how are you able to really tap in? Right? So what number would you give yourself there? It's three numbers. Fourth number, spiritual. You know, it's interesting. Terry talks about the word faith in the book. That you have to have faith. You have to believe in the things not seen. You have to call things into attention. You know, you have to be intentional about the things that you don't see. And the fact of the matter, she talks about that, our words that we speak carry vibrations. We can create things out of nothing. The word spirit in the Webster's Dictionary is basically breath. You know, it's it's breath, it's life. You know, when things go bad in your world, you know, what do you run to? Because whatever that is that you run to first, that's your God. Whether it is God, whatever it may be. The question is, is it working for you? Is it is it really working for you? Is it... Is it when you, when you have, when, if you have a higher power, is that working for you? Is that relationship working for you? Is it changing you? Does it give you peace in the midst of chaos? Does it, does it, does, does it give you joy? Right? Because you're walking by faith. You put your key in your car and you started it by faith. You drank your cup of coffee believing it wasn't poisoned by faith. You walked across the street when that little white hand on the crosswalk went up believing nobody would run you over. That's faith. We walk by faith every day. So on a scale of one to ten, how does you think your spiritual area is going? Right? Those those four areas, right? Those numbers, right, are all like the error in your tires of your car. If they're not full to the right height level, what happens to your car? It doesn't run right, does it? It runs off the road, it runs over the edge, it, it'll it'll lean. And eventually over time, it ruins the vehicle. It doesn't run efficiently. It doesn't run effectively. So we want to bring our air tires to the right pressure all at the same time. And speaking of someone who has done that and does that magically and wonderfully, her name is Terry Boyle McDougall. She is an executive coach, author, speaker, entrepreneur. She is a longtime veteran of the corporate world where she led marketing efforts and advised senior leaders in companies, large and small. Uh, Since 2017, she's helped high-achieving professionals find the sweet spot where professional success and personal happiness optimally coexist. As an author and a coach, her mission is, I would say her purpose also, is to help people create their personal definition of success so that they can, wait for it, win the game of work on their own terms. For more information, you can go visit terrybmcdougal.com. That's T-E-R-R-Y-B-M-C-D-O-G-A-L-L.com. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome for the first time ever. Terry Boyle McDougall, welcome to A New Direction, Terry. 
Oh, Jay, it's great to be here. I'm so excited. Boy, that, that book sounds great. I, I've forgotten a lot of the stuff I wrote in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. It's, re it, it's re it, you know, really, it's a great book. It really is a great book. And I mean, as you can see, I was able to pull, I mean, literally everything into yeah. my four areas of my life because I found that um, you, you've written it, it seems, um, intentionally or unintentionally, um, with the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual in mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of personal work in, in those oh. uh, areas. And, um, you know, I, I listen, I coach people who I used to be. Uh, <laughs> right, know? right. So I, I, I've lived a, a lot of the things that I write about in the book. And, you know, I used a lot of stories from my career yeah. um, and, you know, kind of tapped into how I felt during those times and how hopeless I felt and, you know, how I'd lost confidence, etc. But, you know, as time went on, I, I learned some of these lessons the hard way. Right. And I am here to help other people not have to stub their toes so many times or fall on their face in order to not only be professionally successful, but also be happy. Like, what is the purpose if right. we're not if we're not feeling good and happy about how we're investing our time and energy? We spend so much time at work. Mm. You know, we spend most of us spend at least one third of our day, yeah. you know, at work. And if you work remotely, sometimes it's longer and sometimes it's not just five days a week. It often can be a six, maybe even seven days a week, depending mm -hmm. on what you're doing. Yep. And so work is important for sure. And I, I you really bring up a question in the book. Why it, if we're going to spend that much time doing it, it should be fulfilling for yeah. us. Uh, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just something that we're doing for a paycheck, should it? No, not at all. And I, unfortunately, I think one of the biggest myths that people have about work is that it can't be enjoyable, that it's not work if it's not hard, you know? And, <laughs> and I, I really think that when people can figure out like, what do I like to do and what am I good at? And then go out and find a place in the marketplace where you can trade. Right. And what do, I, what do I enjoy doing? What am I good at? It doesn't have to be hard. You don't need to be grinding right. it out every day. Right. Yeah, it's there's something to be said, isn't there, that when we find work that fits our gifting and our abilities yeah. and our talents, and when we find that work, it can be hard, but we, but you know what? We enjoy it. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I, exactly. Right. I mean, I, listen. I played football in college. Right. Can I tell you something? It wasn't always easy. Right. But what I would give to play it again. Yeah. What I wouldn't give to go through the grind again. Right. That, that's I think I think that's what we miss, and that you're trying to get at the book. You know, is you know, hold on here. Work doesn't have to be this drudgery that you hate. No, no. I mean, I, I really believe that each of us were given gifts and we were sent here to earth to figure out what our purpose is. Yep. And, um, you know, there's a reason why we're here. Yeah. And I, I think that we each need to figure out what that is and, and realize that there is room for us here on earth to provide our gifts, to share our gifts. And, um, you know, so many people start with 
you know, oh, let me go to LinkedIn or Indeed and find, a, oh, there's no jobs that fit me. Right. You know, and that's that's kind of like fitting yourself into a box yeah. rather than, you know, maybe going out and finding somebody who can use the, the skills that you have. And, you know, like what would our lives be like if we could just like figure out what we like to do and just do it and get paid for it? Right. Right. You know, and, and, you know, I also think that it's kind of interesting what you were saying. I think that there's a little bit of a difference between, I hope I can get their wording right. Like it's one thing to be challenged, right. And, and maybe run up against things where we're like, oh, I'm not really sure what to do in this situation, but, but we're doing it for a purpose that feels good to us, Mm -hmm. right. That gives us the energy to keep going towards the goal versus when we have to just like force ourselves and maybe even shame ourselves into, you know, or, or judge ourselves. I'm not doing well. And a lot of people motivate themselves through fear. I mean, I can't tell you how many people oh, yeah. I've, I've coached them that they're like, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm going to get fired, you know, right. and, and they use that to try to motivate themselves. And that is a very expensive way to motivate yourself, you know, to, yeah. to you know, that fight or flight there's higher levels of energy that we can tap into where we're in the flow. You know, we're, we're like doing fantastic work and we're not having to grind it out every day. And those typically, you know, if we look out and we think about people that we admire, usually they've found that sweet spot where they're like, Hey, this is my gift and this is what I'm going to offer to people. Mm. And, you know, not that they're not challenged, but, that they enjoy it. Right. And, and that's just a higher, easier level of, of energy to exist within. And it's, and it's much more sustainable than, you know, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Mm. You know, there's no energy in that. No. It's, it's, it's fear. Yeah, it is. Well, let's, let's dig into part one and chapter one right away. It's called part one, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is entitled, what's your objective? Which is brilliant. By the way, this book, is I told her before the show, it's like having three books in one. It's just, <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's, it's an ambitious work, but it's really, really thoughtful of great information for you. Chapter one, um, Terry's entitled, Work is a Game. So answer the question that everybody has in their mind. How can work be a game? Uh, well, let's, you know, work, there's an objective to work. Right. And for most organizations, it's to make a profit. Um, And we as employees or as business owners need to figure out how am I going to create value for this organization? And a lot of people don't think of work that way. You know, they think of it as like, hey, here's my here's my desk with my chair or, you know, here I am in front of my computer at home and I just have to come and work, you know, nine to five and do the stuff, send the emails, whatever. And that's my job. And it's not. And, you know, when people are, are confused about why they're not, you know, they're not moving up, it's because they're, they don't understand the rules of the game, which is they have to add value. Mm-hmm. And many people never think about why am I here? You know, I'm not here to come and put my rear end in the seat for eight or nine hours a day. I'm here to create value. Mm. And really, there's only three ways to do that. You're going to do that by um, helping the organization make money, save money, or reduce risk, which is saving money as well. 
Um, and, you know, I, it's, I totally understand that not everybody is out there selling, right? But right. everybody should be contributing to how the organization is going to more easily, you know, or be more profitable. Right. And so it might be that, you know, you're the receptionist and you're going to be as helpful and as friendly and, you know, be thinking about how you can do things better for the organization, right? Because eventually that is going to have an impact. Like if you're mean to the customers that come in and then they're not going to come back. Mm. Um, so, you know, just be thinking about how can, how can you do this? Um, that's, that's really the game. The okay. game is like, how do you add value? Okay. Well, uh, okay. So let's talk about the play as, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Now, so, one thing I'll tell you. Yeah, because you, you've got these people. You, you talk about the these players. people. Yeah, the co- the corporate yeah. players. The players. <laughs> one thing that a lot of people like coach will say to me is that corporate politics. Blah. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Right. Um. And I believe the reason for that is because, well, first of all, in my mind, politics equates to influence. Okay. okay. And. The reason why many of us, and at one point I felt this way too, don't want to have anything to do with politics is because of the players. Mm. You know, these are people that come in and they're fancy suit and, you know, they ingratiate themselves with all the right people and they talk a good game and they don't actually add a lot of value. You know, they, they come into the meeting and they say all this stuff and then they never, they, they magically walk out without any assignments they take advantage of other people and take credit for their work, et cetera. And I think for a lot of us, we see those people and we're like, how'd that guy or how'd that gal get promoted? They don't do anything, right? But they they have influence and they use the influence to make others think that they're adding value. And so for the rest of us that maybe are, feel like, well, I'm authentic and I'm a hard worker and I don't want to be like that person. Well, of course you don't want to be like that person, but... If you are able to do a good job, you're serious about how you really add value and you learn how to influence within the organization, you're going to be unstoppable. Mm. Okay. It's going to be because eventually those people are outed. You know, eventually somebody looks and they're like, that guy's actually an empty suit. Like he's in meetings all the time and he never does any work or she never does any work. Um, But if you are adding value, they're going to be like, hey, you know, that person is creating value and, you know, they've got the relationships, they're, they're able to negotiate, they're able to get their ideas heard. And that's really an unstoppable combo when you do the work and you've got the influence. Yeah, see, I think, I think you know, having been in uh, situations where I've seen the play as you know, um, yeah. throughout, you know, the career and, yeah. but, you know, when I was younger, um, I, I didn't, I didn't notice, I guess I didn't notice because I didn't care, but then I noticed that honestly, they got the promotions and as they got, <laughs> as they got promotions, they said even less because, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because they got so promoted, right. That they didn't, they didn't, now they didn't have to answer to anybody. They could just sit in the corner office. Right. They could. Like, they just. They didn't. They didn't answer to anybody. Yeah. It was. Yeah. They. They held meetings. That's what they did. They held meetings. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what they did. They. They right. really didn't know what we didn't know what they did. They just right. had meetings, and they would tell us, "This is what we got to do." Okay. Well, 
Right. Where did that come from? Right. Mm-hmm. That, that, whose idea was that? Right. But that, we we right. never knew it, and it was because they were so well um, connected. I know I have no yeah, idea. They're higher. Yeah, yeah I, they were so well connected to the powers that be. I mean, that's all. That's sure. all. That's all that you could say about it. Uh, really interesting. The book's fascinating, by the way. The book, Winning the Game of Work, uh, uh, Career, Happiness, and Success on Your Own Terms. Um, actually brilliant. Find it on Amazon. You're uh, listening to Terry McDougall um, right here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, listen. Uh, Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapist. They should be your physical therapist, too, if they're not your physical therapist. You should call them. Listen. Whether recovering from injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, professional athlete, non-athlete, look, if you want your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. Linda Craft Team Realtors, they have been helping people transition for more than 37 years. Why do I say transition? Because they don't sell homes. They don't help people buy homes. They help people transition in their life. Think about it. Every place you've ever lived has been a life transition, right? And that's what they help people do. And they've been doing it for 37 plus years. And they want to help you make your next transition too, whether you're selling or you're buying, get to the experts, get to Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And big shout out to Hint Water Hint. The official beverage of DBTV. That's right. You're watching us on DBTV on Apple TV. You're watching us on DBTV on cable companies in Canada. Hey, everybody in Canada. You know, and all sorts of other countries around the world. We're available to 250 million homes. Yes, Terry, you are on 250, Woo. potentially 250 million homes all around the world. And you know what? Hint Water is the official beverage. So listen, get yourself a hint. That's just a hint. We'll be, we're right, hey, hey, we're back. Oh, yeah, okay, we're back right now. Uh, we're back here with Terry Boyle McDougall, her book, Winning the Game of Work. Um, all right, Terry, so let's move, keep moving on ahead. One of the things you say in this first chapter, and by the way, we're still in chapter one, it takes more than talent. When you say that, what do you mean it takes more than talent? Well, what I mean by that is that you need a strategy for your career. I think that one of the things that I observed is that I was a good student and I was just kind of used to, you know, okay, I'm going to do the test, write the paper, whatever. And I was used to just being successful by just doing what was asked. And one of the things that you find a lot of times, especially if I worked for a long time in banking and there are just lots of smart people there, right? So, (laughs) It's not like in school where like, okay, if you're a, a top student that you're going to be able to distinguish yourself just by, you know, being smart. There's lots of smart people right. when you get into certain organizations. And if you expect that, hey, you're just going to do whatever you did to help yourself be successful in, um, in school at work, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You've really, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying. You've got to, you know, step back from just doing the work and understand the context of what you're doing and how that's contributing to the success of the organization. Um, And it really, you know, if we take the whole idea of work being a game, it's like learn the rules of the game, right? Don't just come in and, and, you know, kind of be used by the players, (laughs) you know, understand like the, you know, Who's who's in power here? A lot right. of times, it's not the person who has, you know, 
leader on their business card. Right. Right. There might be you've got to really observe what's going on around you. Um, You're not going to be able to walk in on day one and be able to understand all the dynamics, but start not just, you know, a lot of people get attached to like, this is the way it should be. Well, guess what? It's it's going to be different than how it should be. Right. Notice what is and play according to what is not what you think should be, because you're going to burn up a lot of energy, you know, saying like this is how it should be. And I'm upset because it's not that way. Yeah, I think we miss I think we miss we're misinformed or we're delusioned, uh, maybe all of the above. <laughs> but we but I think we believe that talent is enough and that if we hire talented people, we're going to be successful and and that if you have talent, you know, that should be enough. I'm the most talented person in here. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's no, just- no, it's not. And a lot of times, I mean, I guess I was a little bit surprised about that as well, that, you know, things get done through, you know, working with people. Right. And sometimes you can have someone who's, you know, maybe not technically talented, but they're very talented in terms of, you know, building relationships, right, right. Uh, building the influence, um, you know, being even being friendly, right. right? Because people want to work with people that they enjoy working with. Right. And it can be easy sometimes to say like, oh, that guy's just a glad hander or that guy, you know, she's moving up because she's got a relationship with this person or that person. Well, all of us have that opportunity. Right. And I think that we need to realize that if you want to have impact and influence within the organization, you're going to do that through relationships. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it, so and sometimes the most talented people are not good teammates. Right. They're not. And, and a lot of times they, I mean, I see this and I coach on this a lot where, you know, somebody is like just brilliant mm. and they come into an organization, they quickly move from individual contributor to leader and they will say to me, like, why is this guy on my team not doing this? Because this is what I would do. And I say to them, like, look, if that person saw things the way that you do and had the talent and ability that you have, they would be sitting in your seat. Okay. You've got to lead everyone, right. not just somebody who's as talented as you. Right. Um, and, and so having that self-awareness. And also valuing, like, hey, I know I'm good at this, right? And maybe some of the people on my team aren't. So what are the opportunities here for me to bring everybody along? Mm. You know, and yeah. you're, you're going to have to coach the A team or lead the A team, the B team, and the C team, right? right. You can't right. only lead the A team, right? right? Because you're going to be leaving a lot of capacity on the table if you're like, hey, you can't run as fast as as the rest of us, right? Yeah, you know, you're just going to cause a lot of negativity and other issues. And, you know, it's what keeps me in business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, right. No, I get it. I don't think people want to work in that environment. No, they don't. I agree with you. Uh, Let's move on to chapter two. um, Because this is this is important piece uh, entitled What kind of player are you getting to know yourself? We're I, I just had on the show uh, a few weeks ago, Dr. Um, Ryan Goffertson talked about success mindsets, and he brought up a piece of research from Tasha Urich that said basically 80% of us are just completely unaware of, our, of ourselves. Sure. Um, 
this is this is this is such an important piece though isn't it to get some self-awareness when you're in a, in a job and you're trying to win this game of work yeah, yeah. help us get there yeah well everybody has a perspective that is unique to them and also the behavior that people exhibit makes sense to them from their perspective okay and so often we can look and be like why is that person trying to make my life miserable right <laughs> and i mean i've done it i've right, done sure, it i mean sure. you know back before i was quite as evolved as i right. am now I, and i'm still do it sometimes but sure if we can recognize that you know i i say I, I would say like 99% of people come to work every day wanting to do a good job and be appreciated for what they bring. And they're doing what they do because to them, it makes sense. Mm. And I think we need to recognize that and, and really seek to understand, mm. not you know be so judgmental and to say, that, like what I just said you know, in, in your previous question, which is, this is how I would do it. Why is that person not doing it the way I would do it? Well, because right. they're not you. Right, right. You know, and, and, and so if we can like sort of, I mean, I say this all the time, like for most high achieving people, when they're faced with a challenge, they zoom in, you know, they're like, oh, I got to do more. I got to take on more. I got to go faster, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's important to zoom out and look at the big picture. I know you said you played football. It's really about like getting up into the stands so you can see the whole playing field, right? And you can see the opportunities. You can see where things are breaking down because it's usually not with the person that's not responding to your email or, or who's, you know, doing something to make your life harder at work. It's a lot of times it has nothing to do with them personally, but yet we'll feel like, oh my gosh, that, you know, that person's making my life at work miserable, right? Yeah. Well, maybe there's other things going on, right? Maybe there's right. issues with the structure. Maybe their boss is a, a jerk. Maybe they don't have clarity on their role. It could be any number of things. You, you know, it's interesting. You brought up the football analogy uh, again. You know, we watched film from yeah, back exactly. when they didn't, we didn't watch film from a GoPro. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, right. right. They yeah, didn't put exactly. a go, right. You're not watching film from the GoPro. You're watching it from above or yeah. at different angles that you could see what was going on. And yeah, I think the zooming out is really, really important. I, and, and by the way, you have a subtitle here, losing touch with yourself and then followed mm -hmm. right up with the trap of high achievement. And you mm -hmm. talked about Dr. Tom DeLong, um, yeah, who's I Harvard his research. Yeah. His research is great. Right. And, you talk about the high need for achievement types, which you've already just briefly alluded to. Let's mm -hmm. talk about them and their addiction, because there is really yes. th th these these HNAT A types, um, um, and that means high need achievement types. Uh, let's let's talk about that them and their because there's a lot of those people listening to the show. Yes, they're, they're and, my, and watching. They're, yeah, they're my customers. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah if, if you're a high need for achievement, you you might want to call Terry McDougall. Yes. So let's go back to childhood, right? I love it. Where you know when we're babies, when we're toddlers, we're very connected to what we want, 
right? Right. It's like if when you're a baby, when you when your diaper's wet or you're hungry, you cry to get your needs met. You are not thinking, oh, mom and dad are busy or whatever. You are crying to get your needs met. But as we grow up, we get socialized, which, you know, it's a necessary evil <laughs> right, for us to right. be socialized. And um, we, we start to, rather than like saying, what do I want? And I'm going to cry or I'm going to throw myself on the floor like a two or three-year-old would do and have a tantrum. We start to um, put off our, you know, re- we're rewarded for putting off our needs a little bit. You know, when we're going to tune into like, what does mom want? What does dad want? What does the teacher want? Okay, well, if I listen to what they want me to do, if I do what they want me to do, and then I'm going to get a, a gold star on my paper, or right. I'm going to get dessert after dinner, or whatever, whatever we're rewarded with. But as time goes on, for the high achievers that are good at earning those rewards, after a while, they get addicted to that. And I mean, and we see it a lot, right? Um, with, you know, not only are you, you know, you're going to be good at school, but maybe you're going to also be like, I'm going to run for class president. I'm going to, you know, also play baseball. And I'm going to, we're looking for those challenges because we like that feeling of getting that reward. And, you know, as time goes on, you know, you work hard in high school so you can get into a good college. You work hard in college to get a good job. And then you get it out there, and I see it a lot, you know, where somebody's been working for 10 years, and they've, they've moved up, and they get to a certain point, and they're like, you know what, I, um, I'm looking for that next thing, right? I, I, I want to move up quicker, and I'm not. And, but, or they might even say, I, um, I'm actually really successful at what I do, but I'm not, I don't like it. Mm. Well, there's a reason for this. Because they have been so tuned in and, might I say, addicted to that external validation that they've actually lost touch with what they really want, you know, internal validation. And as we move up into leadership, there are fewer and fewer people for us to cue off of. You know, like when you're in school, it's like, what does the teacher want? Mm. Right? They're, They're the leader. A lot of times you get into leadership roles and, and you're, you know, you're charged with making an impact Right. and there's not anybody there to tell you what to do. There's right. nobody there to pat you on the head and say, good job, Terry. Right. right. And as a matter of fact, I, I got to a certain point in my career. Where I was like, if my boss isn't calling to complain, that's good. <laughs> and that's it. That's the, all the feedback that I got. I'd have to just be like, okay, I'm up on the high wire. I don't know if there's a net down there or not, but you know, if he's not shaking the wire and trying to knock me off and then it's good. Um, well, well, so, you know what this, this, but I'm, I, you know, just this just in, cause it's not in your book, but it's just something as you're talking and just kind of hits me, you know, when we were in school, you know, as little kids, we're, we were rewarded for not saying anything. We were punished if we said something or we interrupted. Yes. Right. And over right. the right over the course of what did we learn from the time we were in grade school to junior high to high school and if we went to college, what did we learn? Y- you keep quiet. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to say anything. Yes. And then and then as per, you know, I was a college professor, and as a college professor, you know, I'm I'm now thinking back and I'm going. 
You know, there's no, we say to them, well, there's no such thing as a dumb question, but that's really not true. There really is dumb <laughs> questions. Okay. Right. right. Okay. And then, and then you want, I, we want you to talk, but we have trained you for 18 years of your life that you were to be seen and not heard, that you're mm-hmm. not supposed to disrupt. You're not supposed to ask questions. You're just supposed to listen. And then yeah. we wonder, well, why aren't people, why do people not are unable to untangle their own, as you say, untangle their own desires. And then Mm -hmm. they struggle with, as you and I Mm -hmm. both work with as coaches. And here's the subtitle that you put in, getting back in touch with yourself. Yeah. 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 I I, um, use an analogy in the book that like over all of those years where we're being programmed to tune into the needs of others, and, you know, high achievers get good at fulfilling mm. other people's needs and they're rewarded for that mm. or other people's expectations. It's almost as if there's like a spring that connects us, you know, like a, a water spring that connects us to that deep well of who we truly are. And we kind of pave over that because that can get in the way that can right. interfere, that can distract us from like, uh, what does mom want? What does dad want? What does my coach want? Um, so we pave over it. But then when we pave over it, we we lose connection. There's not a lot of satisfaction because we're like, is this all there is? And I, I see it a lot with people where they're like, okay, I've achieved everything that I wanted to achieve and I don't feel happy. Right. It's like because you're, you know, you're doing this because you thought that was going to bring you satisfaction rather than really going inside and saying, what is it that I really want? And it can, you can reconnect to that deep wellspring of your inner wisdom, who you really are, your spirit, your soul. You can connect to that, who you were meant to be here. It just can take some work. You know, I think of it as like, okay, there's asphalt across there. But you, if you look closely, there's like a little dribble of water that's coming up. And if you start like really paying attention to that and start flicking the asphalt away from that, that, that connection will get stronger and stronger. It's going to take some work because you've spent many years paving it over, but you can connect to who who you truly are. And I really feel like that's where you will value yourself. You'll feel happier. You know, people will, even probably it, it, when you get that connection, they're going to be like, wow, you look younger. Mm. Did you do something? Did you get your hair? Did you lose right. weight? Right, right, it's because right. you're going to be like, ah, I'm happy. I, I'm connected to my energy. I right. know why I'm here. Yeah. We, we cover that up. We, we, yeah. we, we've, we, we've done such a disservice to ourselves that we've covered that up so much yeah. that we, we just have forgotten who we really are because we've been serving everyone else. And we think that there's a right, we think there's a way to get an A plus plus in life. Right. And guess what? There isn't like the only person that figures that out is you, (laughs) you know, like nobody, there's no like big teacher or, you know, anybody that's going to come along and be like, Hey, you aced it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The bosses that come by going, Hey Terry, I got your gold star for the day. Let me go paste it on the wall for you. I'm going to paste it right on your door. Look, look over here. Right. Here's, your, here's your gold star. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. And then we get disillusioned, yeah. right? We got disillusioned right. because we I feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. And, you know, and, and uh, I've always been graded. I've been graded since I've been yeah. a little kid, all through college, all through grad school. I was graded. You got an MBA. You were graded. Yeah. 
and then you go to work and then all of a sudden I'm not getting any daily grades. I've been taking this test all day. I've been working eight hours. I've been in this test and you haven't graded me today. And and then, and then all of a sudden, right. And then all of a sudden you go, I must be doing okay. So I must be getting an A. So when the promotion comes, you know, this one, the promotion comes, you go, I I must have an A. I got to have an A. Right. And then somebody goes, so you could, they give somebody else the promotion. Where did they come from? They didn't, they they didn't even take the same test I took. How come they get to be promoted? that's one of the the pitfalls of work is that there's not an answer key to what the right answer is. Everybody's job is different. You are not in the same class with everybody. I mean, there might be some people that have a similar role to what you have, but you know, it's not apples to apples. It really is about, you know, and I've been in these meetings where it's like, okay, we've got, you know, four potential promotions to vice president. And we've got 125 people in the department and, you know, maybe there's 10 of us on the leadership team. And I would have to come in and make a business case to my colleagues for somebody on my team to get promoted, right? It wasn't just up to me, right? And and so I really, I mean, people need to understand this. People don't, nobody ever tells you this stuff. Right. I mean, I, I feel like I was, uh, I've always been pretty good at, kind of coming into new situations and kind of sizing up what was going on. But there was a lot of, I mean, I came from a blue, blue collar background, so I didn't have anybody to say, this is what they talk about in the boardroom. But I did have a boss that at one point really um, mentored me and he started pulling back the curtain and saying, well, this is what's really going on. Cause I'd say like, why are those two not like on the same page? And he's like, cause they are both competing for the next level up job. Mm. Right. So they don't want to help each other. Yeah. And I was like, what? You know, kind of like what I was saying earlier, like, that's not how it should be. Right. Like, guess what? We work with humans. Right. <laughs> and and they're not selfless. You've got to think about, you know, like okay. what could their pot- possible motivation be and, and really think about all the options and how you might influence um. I don't know. I might have gotten off of track. No, here, no, you're uh, good. Jay, this, no, this is a good. This is a good point. This is, and and by the way, it's awesome because I I feel everything that you're saying. Uh, her name is Terry Boyle McDougall. The book is entitled "Winning the Game of Work: uh, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms." It's outstanding. She's outstanding. You know what? You're listening to her here in a new direction. Hey, folks, listen. Uh, Epic Physical Therapy. I can't talk about them enough. I love them. Heidi, Andrew, the whole team over there. Listen, they offer the most top of the van, most advanced top of the line equipment. The anti G, the Alter G anti gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, my favorite. The game ready. Um, listen, they're they're certified in the most cutting edge treatments like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping. That's just a few. When you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E P I C P T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors. Listen, they've been helping people transition their lives right not just selling a house or buying a house because it seems that every time you if you're moving up into a house it's a life transition if you're downsizing you've had a life transition every time that you buy or sell real estate especially residential real estate houses that you live in it's a transition of life they want to help you with your transition they've been doing it successfully for thousands of people for over 37 years those experts want to help you transition your life. Just go to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with my friend uh, Terry uh, McDougall. 
And uh, um, hopefully you're enjoying the show. I'm, I'm enjoying. Oh, I, listen, you know, talking and sharing ideas, having, you know, interesting conversations. This is what I'm all about. Yeah. That, I love this. Yeah. This, I love it. Yeah. This is fun. I'm having, I'm, this is a lot of fun for me. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going, oh, this is, this is fantastic. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I know I've taken the notes and everything like that, but it's really fun to kind of interact with you on this. Um, let's move on to chapter three. Uh, what's your objective figuring out what you want? Here's, there's a couple things in this chapter that I want you to talk about. Uh, if you went, the very first one is a, is a subheading called owning your emotions. I opened up the show talking about it, mm-hmm. but talk about the importance of owning your emotions when it comes to winning the game at work. Well, it's very common for people to say that person made me mad mm-hmm. or, you know, they make me happy or whatever. And nobody can make you feel anyway. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Our emotions come from our beliefs. Mm. And, you know, I know a lot of people might be skeptical about this, but if you want to test it in your own life, think about it this way. I mean, I'm married, I've got kids and there've been many situations where say me and my husband are out someplace and maybe there's a something going on in a restaurant at the table next to us. And, and, you know, I might be like, Oh my God, did you just see what happened? And my husband's like, yeah, what's the big deal? Right. There's a reason why we have different reactions to something that we both witnessed. It's because we've got different beliefs and those different beliefs are based on our different life experiences. And if you don't like the emotion that you have in a certain situation, you can't say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to have that person not make me mad. Like you can't make any changes at the level of willpower. You've got to go down. And I I say this to clients all the time when they have like a reaction that they're not happy or they, they uh, would like to change. I say, well, what was the thought that you had right at that like split second before you blew up? at your coworker or before you started crying or whatever, what, what was that thought? Because that's where you can change your response, Mm. you know, and it could be, I mean, I, you mentioned Shelly who was a boss that I had, who was like extremely toxic and crazy. And for a long time, I, I was like very, I was very angry about her. I, I felt very threatened. And I realized at some point that she, was, she wasn't going to change. I had to change. Mm. And once I changed, and when I, I changed like the beliefs about what was going on, because I kept thinking like, you know, my belief was she shouldn't be this way. Right. And that she because she is this way, I'm going to be angry because this is not fair. I kept thinking things like that. And I was just like going home, like drinking half a bottle of wine every night, which isn't good (laughs) because I was so stressed out at work. And I finally realized that she's not going to change. Right. So what can I change? I can change my belief around her, which is she's my boss. As much as I hate reporting to her, she has the right to tell me what to do. And I also started thinking that, you know, this isn't going to be good for me if I keep having this be very adversarial. So what can I do about this? I made myself, I had to grit my teeth 
every morning <laughs> to do this. But I started, instead of avoiding her, going to her door. Not, 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 Hi, good morning. How are you today? I started doing that. I hated it. <laughs> but what I found was that when I changed that behavior, which, you know, I guess my thought under that was that, you know, I need to demonstrate some cooperativeness. Right. You know, I need to do something different. It changed everything. Right. All of a sudden, she's like popping in my office. Hey, I want to run an idea by you. She stopped bullying me. Unfortunately, she started bullying somebody else in the department. Right. But the heat was off of me. And I actually, I, I'm not going to say I liked her because I thought she was a bit crazy and not <laughs> fit to be a boss. But I kind of saw her as a human being after that. And I, I now looking back, I realized she was under a lot of pressure. She probably wasn't really fit for the role. And I can feel some empathy for her now. Mm. But it took me taking responsibility for my own emotions and getting curious about what's making me feel so defensive. Right. And what can I do to change that? And once I changed it, I, I mean, it, it took me being, you know, having some humility and going and treating her like a human being. <laughs> well, I mean, well, but, Hi, how are you? <laughs> well, but there's, there's, there's two things that work and you talk about them both. One is that you have control over your responses, how you're going to respond. You can't control that. And then the second thing is, is that you changed your mindset which changed your emotions, which mm-hmm. changed your behavior. Even though you didn't feel yeah. like it, even though you didn't mm-hmm. feel like it, you had a thought process yeah. that w- you were working to change that emotion to conduct the behavior. It was hard to do it at first. Right. Right. Because, um, and, and I mean, any habit is like this, right? right? Like that, I mean, you're, you're so much more trained in this than I am, but it's, it's all about, you know, we have these like neural pathways that are carved in our brains yep. over time. And like we, you know, we always drive this way to the store or whatever. And it takes a little extra effort if you want to change something, right? You, you might like, or maybe if you move, like if you transition to a new ha- home, like maybe automatically you're going to take that left towards your old house and you're going to have to like be really conscious, like, oh, at this moment, or you're going to take the left and you're going to be like, oh, I got to turn around and go the other way. But the more that we're like, we consciously think about like, oh yeah, I know that I want to think something different here. Like automatically, we're going to probably think that old thing. But then when we catch ourselves and we say, oh yeah, I wanted to replace that belief with something different. When we do that, and then we're going to behave differently. And the more that we do that, the more we're we're carving a new neural pathway and it gets easier over time. Um, But in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit hard. Okay. So I just was speaking to a group of elite 16 under uh, female hockey players about this last night. It's just Mm -hmm. so coincidentally that you talked about this, that we have carved a set generally of negative neural pathways in our brain. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to change that, it's going to be, it's going to require an, a lot of intention on our part. Yeah. By the way, you can't go to the gym one day and expect to be in great shape or that your body's going to change. You have to go to the gym consistently mm-hmm. and you have to work it constantly in order for that to change, right? Nobody will disagree with that. Right. 
The same is true of our neural pathways. Because we, for, you know, however you've lived long, you've lived your life, ladies and gentlemen, right? You've created a set of neural pathways. Generally, our default is negative, right? Which means that we judge people and we, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So now Thanks you've got, that way. yeah, so now you've got to go into the gym and guess what? You have got to exercise just like you did with Shelly. The first time you went to the gym, oh my gosh, the first time you started that met, that mental mindset, it was hard and it yeah. you felt a little sore about it. Mm-hmm. But then day after day, you keep practicing, you go into the gym, you keep practicing, you keep working out, you keep working out that mindset. What happens to your neural pathways? They become easier. Yes, absolutely. And I was rewarded too. And, and then the you become rewarded, right? That's the point. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, no longer was she, you know, was I under, you know, she wasn't trying to grind me down. I, and, you know, now I, I realize like, look at you. Like I said, I think she was, she was insecure, right? right. She was under a lot of pressure. Right. You see her in a different light, right? Yeah. Way different than yeah. what you saw her before. Yes. And you're not angry at her anymore. <laughs> Matter of fact, you probably even feel a little yeah. sorry for her. You probably do feel a little sorry. I do feel, I, I have empathy for her right. and it's probably one of the best lessons. It wasn't my favorite lesson that I learned in my career, but it was probably one of the best lessons because, uh, you know, I talk about this in the book that it was my choice to come in loaded for bear every day because mm. I, I was super defensive and ready to like, you know, react to any little thing. Um, and the funny thing is like the whole story with her is that, um, you know, she started, I mentioned that she stopped bullying me and she started bullying somebody else. Right. And she really took it over the line with that person to the point that she got fired. Mm. And I remember sitting at my desk a little bit after five and the message light came on which, you know, that's when they send out like a blast right, right. Uh, voicemail. And so I, I pick up the phone and listen to the message and it's the head of the department who was in a different city sharing with us that she was no longer with the company. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do with these big guns now that I came in to work with every day? Like I was so defensive. That, and then I was like, I didn't need to do that. Right? right? I didn't need to go home and drink half a bottle of wine every right. night. You know, I, it was really within my own control to be like, okay, I'm leaving work and I'm leaving all my worries behind when I go home. You know, I I didn't have to be that defensive. I thought I chose to be. Right. I thought it was interesting uh, because this all comes from chapter five when you're dealt a bad hand coping with uh, toxic work situations Mm -hmm. that the first thing that you quote, because there's, by the way, folks, there's a couple things in this book you should know. First of all, there's a quote that sets up each chapter. But then at the end of at the end of the chapters, she puts you through exercises that will actually help you work through the work. But um, I've got to do this because I love Reinhold Niebuhr because it's it's oh, the yeah. Serenity Prayer, and you have that right here. When you're yeah. dealt a bad hand, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change, courage to change the things that can, and wisdom to know the difference. And I thought it was awesome that you would use that as your quote because it really talked about you changing you yes. and because you were in control of that change. Yeah. I and, couldn't change her. Right. But the interesting thing is that when I changed my behavior, it did change how she interacted with me. Right. And, you know, so often we just want to be like, they should change. They should do something different. We can't control other people. Mm. You can't even and like, even as a parent, you can't control your kids. Right. <laughs> As much right. as we'd like to, right. you know, or we even try to, but you can't control them. You can't control other people. 
Yeah, you, do, you can do, only control yourself. And that may be a good place because we've been on an hour. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> gone really fast. Um, t- tell people how they can get a hold of you, Terry. You can go to my website, terrybmcdougall.com, and check me out. There's some chapters from the book there. And if you would like to get on a free exploratory call, you can set up time there. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. I'm at uh, Terry B. McDougall. That's my handle on LinkedIn. You can check me out there as well. That's awesome. She's awesome. Wasn't she, folks? I told you she would be, right? The book is fantastic. Winning the game of work. Get yourself a copy. I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Find out. There'll be uh, on the blog write-up for the show. That'll be up um, in, in an hour from now when we do this live. Um, we'll have backlinks to the book and to, to Terry as well so that you can get more information. Folks, that's the show. You know what I say to you every week. You're in control of three things your attitude, your effort, and getting back up again. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. doesn't. It absolutely does not matter. I know it can be difficult. I know it can be hard. I know it can be a challenge. But you're always in control of those two, th- three things. Terry's even said so to support it. I'll be back next week. It's going to be another great guest. It's going to be another great book. It's going to be another great show. And as they say to you all over the world, thank you so much. And ciao, everybody. Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry